All right, we're ready. We're ready. All right, welcome back to the Chemist Confessions podcast, everyone. It's Ooh. woo. Sorry. <laughs> oh, that echo. It's episode twelve. After we burst your eardrums, <laughs> we, uh, I guess, in terms of some big news for us, we recently launched two acid products, um, which completes our acid line. Yeah, it's actually it's. A trio that was in the making for a really long time. It was planned as a trio, but mm-hmm. no one thing linking on another, and it just the other two. I'll sp- we'll spare you of the background story, but basically, we've been sitting on this for quite some time, so we're really excited that it's out there now. Yeah, and it has color, and I don't know. I'm it's it's fun. This was yeah. actually really fun to put together. Fun fact: the colors was like a pain in the ass when doing it. <laughs> uh, usually, colors are hence why we don't do makeup. Right, right, and um, with these lower pH products, you have to. We didn't want to use synthetic dyes. And so you have to look for natural extracts, which is why um, some of the colors, they might be a little bit just slightly different between batches. That's totally normal. Mm -hmm. But while we were testing it, there's a few that really didn't work out. (laughs) Uh, We, I guess, were able to make the color of poop. (laughs) That was fun. (laughs) Yeah, it's not solid poo either. (laughs) Anyway, in celebration of our new launch, so... We are going to dedicate this episode to everything about acids. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But first, uh, we're not in Cali, are we, Gloria? No, 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 we're not. (laughs) Uh, We are in Taiwan right now. Mm. We are here to visit our manufacturer. Yes. Um, Push things forward on off-ground uh, R&D-wise. So expect to get more news on the hatchery front soon. <laughs> and um, for those of you that are wondering how you can be part of that hatchery, we actually are so overwhelmed with um, a lot of the entries that we got. Um, so we're not going to open it as of yet, but are hoping to um, come summertime. Yeah, so just keep an eye out. We will talk about the hatchery on our Instagram and keep everyone posted. Yeah. Uh, also, some of you might be wondering about the coronavirus. We're okay. <laughs> We're a-okay. <laughs> uh, good thing is that Taiwan seems to be keeping it under wraps, and it's actually one of the very few countries we're able to travel to this trip. Yeah, it's kind of a rough situation all around, but um, hopefully everything will be resolved soon. Mm. All right, more important question. What are we drinking today? So, since we're in Taiwan, for those of you who don't know, Taiwan's one of those places that's, I think it's the highest density of 7-Elevens mm. in the world. I, and I wouldn't be surprised. Hong Kong, probably, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, we decided to grab a drink from 7-Eleven. Yeah. And, and we are drinking the, if you don't know, the UCC black coffee. Typically, you can get that during your morning commute. Mm-hmm. But they just came out with a beer that we found. Yeah, so we are having coffee being hot and roasted coffee. Piru. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we'll give it three and a half stars. You know, as the bottle progresses, the star count goes up. My first oh. sip was like, oh, this is so weird. Usually that's how it goes. And now towards the end of the bottle, I'm like, this is growing on me. This is like kind of like a lighter stout. I think that was my problem at first sip because... Because I was expecting something of a stout consistency, but it's just like a light beer, but it tastes like a stout. So it feels like you diluted your coffee with a shot of something. Which is probably what they could have done. I will say that I feel like it doesn't know. (laughs) I feel like it doesn't know what it wants to be, whether it's coffee (laughs) or beer. That's my general take. But anyways, all right. Um, Jumping into the news. In the news. In the news. All right, what do we got, Gloria? Uh, oh, I don't even remember what that was. We wrote this so long. Oh, shit. <laughs> All right, so in the news, um, Gloria happened to find another list about skincare trends. Yeah, so the uh, this is from Parade.com, which I 
never heard of before. But anyway,、mm. um, they wrote an article on twelve skincare trends you're gonna want to try in twenty twenty. Oh, can't wait! So they have some really cool new stuff, <laughs> very groundbreaking stuff like hyaluronic acid, retinol, snail mucin. Cryofacial, biological ferments, ceramides, electrolytes, niacinamides, bacteria, CBD, skincare technology. The hell does that mean? Skincare gets physical. My mind is blown. Yeah. So, it, it, so from the ingredient front, we are glad the oldies are still getting limelight、mm-hmm. that they deserve.、Um, and I guess the skincare gets physical part. They're talking about facial acupuncture. Facial cupping, nah. Facial, nah. I'm good. Cu- cu- yeah, I- I'm good. <laughs> Re- report back with findings if you're brave enough to try. I will say, I think the actual 2020 trend is just skincare ingredients.、Mm. I don't think it has anything to do with actual product trends at all. Actually, I, in that, in that, if you think about that, where I kind of like it. Yeah, of course, it's a good thing. Before all, we get the highlights are all. Like foo foo words, right? right? Like ooh, before we have the serum, now we have an encapsulated serum. Right, exactly.、So. Cool.、Uh, next thing,、um, it turns out that a CBD line called Kino has been rated number one on one of those clean apps.、Um, some of you might know it or have seen it trending on your what is it? Apple's. <laughs> <laughs> Trending on your iTunes store. <laughs> <laughs> um, think dirty.、Um, but yeah, I guess in terms of how do of- you feel about it, Victoria? <laughs> <laughs> I have some notes. So first thing <laughs> is, in order to get a zero or three, which is basically they,、uh, it, it's broken down into three categories. So zero to three is green,、um, then four to like seven is like yellow, iffy, and then after that,、um, eight to ten is red and flagged. And、um, I actually browsed the app myself and.、Oh. Bless your soul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I figured I would share with Gloria my findings. Oh, I haven't seen this before. <laughs> so first thing is Vaseline's petrolatum、okay. is rated a five.、Mm. Um, the health impacts, which was mind blowing, is mild irritation, itchiness, redness,、um, and even has noted uses EU labeling. Petrolatum is a carcinogen. And I just want you to know that EO, the EU flagged this back in 2004 simply because they wanted to ensure that petrolatum was sourced properly.、Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that petrolatum itself is actually flagged for having、uh, being carcinogenic.、Um, So that if that were to give you an idea of what the app is like, Gloria, you can't hear my eye roll. But at some point, <laughs> I think you can. Hear my eyeball. <laughs> yeah,、um, some other notable ones: LRP and Thelios SPF, the fluid that we love. Oh, we do recommend this a lot. That's actually flagged as an eight in Ooh, red. Yeah,、no. um, simply because it uses oxybenzone.、Mm. Um, another one is I, I I will give them credit; they didn't ax chemical sunscreens completely,、mm-hmm. so that's good.、Um, fragrance is also flagged as an eight. As a possible carcinogenic, so any fragrance is flagged as an eight. Any labeling of like the an- anonymous fragrance, <laughs> basically.、Um, and another one that's really surprising is Estee Lauder's Advanced Night Repair is flagged as an eight. No. Yes,、What、because it has BHT and octinoxate.、Ah, mm-hmm. And I want you to know that for the for octinoxate. They explain kind of the similar lingo as you know petrolatum in terms of like irritation, possible、uh, endocrine disruptor, and then there's a I guess a place for it to say explanation,、mm-hmm. and under explanation it says coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? We've been trying too hard. Our podcast episode should be whittled down to five minutes. And just be like, "Hi, assets are good. Explanation coming soon." Yeah, exactly. Genius. So, yeah. So、uh, I will tell you that in terms of the Think Dirty app and a lot of these clean apps,、um, and actually this stems to Clean List as well. Know that your definite the definition of clean is very much up to. Each of、A、these parties,、yeah. right? 
who we want to actually come up with their clean list is the customers. So honestly, if you do your research, you will not need to rely on situations like these. Yeah, we understand why apps like these and and websites like these are popular, like the granddaddy of it all is like EWG. Yeah. Totally understandable, Mm. but just know that. So we've met our fair share of people who um, either work for these companies or develop these apps. And a lot of it is they're moving parts, right? They understand that this is a popular concept, but Mm. a lot of these people don't have the backgrounds to, again, explanations coming soon. Right. So may have good intentions, but don't quite understand the ingredient landscape or understand sourcing. Mm -hmm. So um, hence why we just feel very lukewarm about a lot of these. Lukewarm is a very nice word. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that's it for uh, the Think 30 app. Right, moving forward. I guess at this point, at the point of the recording, this is kind of old news, but as the Democratic debates are raging on, (laughs) we have to talk about Elizabeth Warren's skincare stuff. I just don't know if that's a good thing. Yeah, I thought that was Beauty such a weird and moment. Politics. <laughs> yeah, like, oh my god, what's Elizabeth Warren's you just, I don't know. Yeah, and you end up feeling lukewarm about both. I don't know. Yeah, but the only thing we really want to say about that is I think one of the most notable things she said was that she doesn't wash her face because her cousin Betsy or someone. Tootsie. Tootsie. <laughs> Which sounds oh. like a dog. <laughs> Sorry. Tootsie doesn't wash her face, neither yeah. does Elizabeth Warren. Don't, yeah. don't don't do that. Yeah, please no. That's that's kind of gross. Honestly, Wash your face. and and I do have doubts as to really you've never washed your face in your entire life. I just don't know if that's possible. Sunscreen. Just think about it. All the makeup that she has to wear. Yeah, to go on TV. If she uses a makeup remover, that, that is cleansing. cleansing. Yeah, that is cleansing. So, hmm, skeptical. Well, maybe she has the same makeup from 1928. Oh. Not that old. Okay. All right. And finally, uh, there's a new launch in the men's department. Yeah. So I found this. Um, It's called Disco. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Because they want men to dance their way to To good skin. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, even as I'm saying it, it just sounds so absurd. I just picture them in the boardroom, like, pitching to investors. Like, yeah, you know what's wrong with men's skincare? Not enough disco. (laughs) And then they drop the disco ball during the presentation. Yes. You know what? That's actually what's so disappointing about this line is I expected glitter. Yes. I expected the 80s. Mm. And if you look up this brand, you'll see that it's... You'll see that it's actually followed a lot of the new skincare startups in terms of color palette. And for some reason, the brand name is all over the tube. It's giant. Yeah, it's like the, the website itself, if you click around, if you click on the wrong button, all you see is disco. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, how do you feel about the products? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh so we did get curious and mm. looked at the IL, mm. and um, I guess the one that we have to highlight is the scrub. Mm. Um, groundbreaking ingredients include apricot seed and menthol lactate. So it's a minty St. Ives. Ives. Correct. All right, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> also, one more thing. If you are curious, take a look at some of their product pictures. Um, it kind of leaves you feeling like you went to the MoMA. You're just oh, not really sure. You're just confused. <laughs> like, I think this is art. I think this is provocative. I don't know what that means, <laughs> but it's provocative. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, anyways. So that's the news. The news. <laughs> <laughs> I need new sound effects, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> Alright, um, should we get into the meat of the episode today? Yes. So today, like we talked about, it's all about acids. Right. All of them that are part of chemical exfoliation. Oh, right. More, yeah, more specifically. Yeah, because there are a few acids. Yes. <laughs> um, but we do have some ground rules on mm-hmm. acids just to start, and then we'll actually get into some Each of molecule. the main ingredients. Mm-hmm. So first things first. Gloria, you want to start? So the biggest rule. Number one, size matters, my friends. Size really does. Really does. It will basically let you know, like, per skin type, what ingredient to choose. Yes. So, 
smaller, the mm. more aggressive, mm. but more effective. Right. So um, able to penetrate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really mature today. <laughs> so yes, uh, and we'll get into that with each um, each individual molecules. Mm. Next is concentration. As always, for mm. every active, concentration matters to get your level of effect efficacy that you want (laughs) 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 all right and number three ph yes oh yeah (laughs) you're like i I hear you so with acids the lower the ph the more effective it is Mm -hmm. so with anything with active like the size like the concentration Mm -hmm. uh more effective can also mean more um more, more effective can also mean more irrit- uh, irritation. Mm. So for pH, even a lower is better. Yes. There is kind of a sweet spot for mm-hmm. home use, um, and that's typically around three point five is the recommended level. Yes, and also if you start going too high of a pH, then you start losing. I don't do shit. I <laughs> <laughs> don't do shit. Starting around the four mark. <laughs> right, and then finally, um, layering of course will also matter mm-hmm. um, in terms of how you use it. So we'll also cover some general basics on when you use these chemical exfoliators. Right. So jumping right into each individual molecule. So we'll start with AHAs and note that we'll only cover the big three or I guess I should say the small three because again, the smaller, the more effective. You mean you don't want tartaric, citric, malic? Yeah, I don't, I don't care about those. Yeah, we and don't. You shouldn't we really don't. <laughs> <laughs> so we will be going through um, glycolic, lactic, and mendelic. Mm. Um, good stuff. So I'm going to start uh, with mandelic acid. Mm-hmm. Uh, theme of the episode will be from weakest to strongest. So mandelic is definitely the largest molecule of the three. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, there is a few peel studies in it. In a lot of peel studies, it is combined with salicylic acid to treat mostly melasma and acne scars. Mm-hmm. This is really popular with uh, populations with darker skin tone. Um, like... I think a lot of stu- notable studies are done in India and a few in Iran and Egypt. This is because it's a much milder form than glycolic acids. Uh, glycolic acid. So people with darker skin tone have less of a risk of hyperpigmentation. Mm-hmm. Uh, for home use, this is pretty mild. It so. I have to note that there can be a little confusion around this little guy. Because of the peel studies, um, home-use mandelic acid is also often combined with salicylic acid. And it is positioned mostly for oily skin, decongested skin, acneic Mm -hmm. skin. But there is that weird study out there um, that some people have quoted um, that it may increase sebum production, which goes against everything you will want if you have acneic congested skin right but you should note that if you read the fine print um, what it actually does is it increases in um the oil production in the u zone where uh, in older population tends to get drier but it doesn't actually affect the t zone which kind of suggests that regular sebum production but this is definitely something that's not really well understood so you really shouldn't um worry too much worry too much at all and just for you guys that are wondering what the u-zone is that's everything but the t-zone so think of cheeks down to your chin just that you good picture guys yes (laughs) (laughs) all right and then next up is lactic um so Lactic is weird in that um, you've also heard of it as a moisturizing ingredient. It is naturally found as an NMF in your skin. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It is the milder alternative to glycolic, um, but we will say that there's actually not as much data behind lactic as you would find in glycolic. Um, So uh, for those of you who want it for more as a moisturizing ingredient you'll probably see it fall within the two percent range Uh, meanwhile uh, if you are looking for a regular exfoliant day-to-day use um, also gentler approach um, five to ten range um, is about right Um, and then of course you there can be the more serious peels at a much higher level Um, but we will say that lactic has a very signature aesthetic and that is that it can get very sticky and it definitely stinks 
Yeah, it's a little. It's weird. Right. It's like it's sweet, but not in a good way. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's just funky, and um, we do recommend this for people who are looking for that exfoliation power, but do seem to have um, some struggles with glycolic. Um, but again, as Gloria mentioned, mandelic is also gentle as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, you can choose between the two. Um, next. Uh, last but definitely not least, we have glycolic acid. It's small, it's mean, it is the gold standard AHA. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, fun fact, in office procedures, it's used very aggressively. I'm talking 30, 50, even upward to 70% glycolic mm-hmm. acid, a pH of 1. Um, don't do this at home, guys. You can find it on Amazon, but I wouldn't recommend it. No, no don't do no. it. Yeah, and, and honestly, in as far as in all his chemical peels go, glycolic acid isn't even a, the most aggressive mm-hmm. thing you can get. But again, this is something you should definitely consult a physician. Do not or buy. An yes, do not buy that jar of TCA on Amazon. That it, it, actually, it's kind of funny. A lot of those jars of really strangely aggressive chemicals you can find on Amazon. They will position it as a wart remover. Mm-hmm. Which well, <laughs> I think some of them actually are. There are yeah, da- cool. there is data behind it as a wart remover. And um, just so you know, what they want to happen is for the wart to fall off. So uh, <laughs> if that were to give you an idea of the exfoliation experience that you'll get. Right. <laughs> so anyway, this guy is definitely very effective mm-hmm. even at home use. Yeah. So if your skin is tolerant, if, if, if your skin can handle glycolic, mm. there really isn't any reason to reach for the other two. Um, yeah. And yeah. Uh, you should honestly do a quick Google on Amazon. It's quite fun to see just how scary it can get. Yes. <laughs> but uh, to stay in the safe range, you should aim for, again, between 5 to 8%. Mm. Um, if your skin's taller, maybe even upwards of 10% for daily use. Mm-hmm. Um, once a week, if you use a more aggressive, like 20, 30% glycolic acid as a, as a wash-off mask, this is actually really great maintenance for skin all around. Yes. So, wrapping up the section, I have to do a quick decode.il debunk. Oh, we're getting there. Oh. (laughs) This this claim made my eyeballs hurt when I first saw it. Um, So, you'll see some website claim or some... some, (laughs) And I think at some point, Drunk Elephant also said this, but they... Oh, really? Yeah. They Mm. had this thing where they will talk about their product and they say this product is uh uh is formulated optimally at a ph equals pka of 3.81 or something like that it's like not even how that works yeah so again like i mentioned the lower the ph the more effective the um the acid is how uh, when ph equals pka if you dig back your memories from high school chem that just means you have the same amount of free acid as non uh disassociated form of it how does that translate to optimizing a formula just it doesn't it doesn't what <laughs> yeah so whenever they do flash around the pka claim just kind of ignore it just ask about the ph of the overall formula right and and just so you know like uh, glycolic and Mendel and lactic acid, their PK had happened to be around the three point five mark, which is uh, why it gets confusing with the pH value. Right, just just toss on, just toss that out of your head. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> um, we should also mention some other chemical exfoliants that aren't AHAs. Mm-hmm. Um, the new kid on the block is PHA, polyhydroxy acid. And you'll see this in the form of gluconolactone and lactobionic acid, but more rare. Um, it's also a big molecule, just slightly bigger than mandelic. Um, also been found to have extra nice uh, moisturizing properties. Um, and the cool thing is that there's even promising data around it for treating acne, but at a much higher level, around 14%. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not going to say that it does until we see more data. Again, know that it's all very new, but we are very excited because of just how gentle it seems to be um, and yet still able to help with the cell turnover process. Um, one thing to note that I thought was cool is there is a study that's actually done to show if it has 
any sort of like sun sensitivity like the other mm-hmm. AHAs and actually found was to be very gentle and may not require it. You might hear that kind of lingo when people introduce it, but still sunscreen, it, it's best to have good practices with sunscreen. So just continue regardless to of your routine, really. Right, right. Um, yeah, so that's it for gluconolactone. And finally, we should get to BHA. Yeah, BHA or good old salicylic acid. Mm. It's a really versatile ingredient. Mm. Um, for most cosmetic products, it really isn't used too much as a chemical exfoliator. Mm. Um, most most people will use it between 0.2 to 2% for acne. Mm-hmm. Um but actually, though, it, you can find it at much higher levels, again, at doctor's offices yeah. or estheticians. We're talking about a 20% salicylic acid peels in the office. Uh, and like I mentioned before, it, that level is paired with also high levels of mandelic acid. Mm-hmm. And it is really great for those with oily and darker skin tone to treat um, hyperpigmentation and acne. Um, so at home... That's another one where you can find high levels on... If you Google it, you'll find someone that will ship you 10% salicylic acid. Mm-hmm. But again, you can even buy raw salicylic acid and dissolve it yourself. But again, we really wouldn't use uh, recommend using at high levels. Mm-hmm. This can be... this Even though this is a bigger molecule, this is kind of one of those weird, uh, weird ingredients that um, it's pretty aggressive. Just because by nature, it penetrates pretty deep. Mm-hmm. It's um, slightly water-soluble, but also slightly oil-soluble. And that's why it's good for acne, because it gets really deep in there to um, decongest your pores. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, um, a lot of questions we get is if people with dry skin can use sal acid because it's usually positioned for oily skin. Yeah. Um, you can. But it is a very case-dependent thing. Yes. So, Gloria. I, I have dry skin, <laughs> and I have a bitch of a time with cell acid. Yeah. Um, it's a combination of factors. A lot of cell acid products also have alcohol, mm-hmm. and that with ingredient layering can often be too harsh on me. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes, like, like I, so I, I do get pretty bad uh, blackheads, especially if I'm stressed. Mm-hmm. Um, if I use... Cell acid sometimes it will flake, but the blackheads are still there, so it just like oh, interesting. Blackheads. Interesting because I would say that you know, like if you do have stubborn blackheads and don't find that your AHA product is doing well, this may be one that you want to consider. But again, like we'll get into it more when we go through our confessions, you'll Ooh. realize that. Um, as much as it feels like AHAs, people have it really dialed in. It's like almost a science. You've got the numbers very clear, the molecular weights, yada, yada. You'll still realize that it's, it can be very personal. Um, so I was actually going to say the very opposite, that that's actually a recommendation for stuff. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a personal experience. Yeah. I tried it for a long time. Mm. So now, um, glycolic acid does okay for me, mm-hmm. but then I have to pair it with something like, a mask like a dehydrated like a clay mask or something mm-hmm. um and delicas actually works pretty well for me um too but anyway and it doesn't do jack diddly squat for me so fun <laughs> fact um me being with m- more acne skin um and mandalic having some great acne data mandalic is one of the very few that do very little mm. in that department um also another weird thing is to note about sal acid is that ph it's not as important here because of that weird phenomenon of it being slightly oil soluble so just know that in when you see your acne products um they're in lotions and whatnot it may not be as you know parading around the ph as much as some of the ahas right i mean um most of them will be uh, as long as it's slightly acidic i think people um there is a school of thought that claims that it's optimal at like 3.5 or something like that but a lot of studies we've seen with it, it's pretty... And it's a higher, much higher pH. Yes, it's effective across a, a large spectrum. Yeah. So Gloria compiled a very, what I think is a very useful list, and we're hoping to put together an Instapost around it, um, kind of giving an idea of products on the market mm-hmm. per ingredient, per, I guess, percentage that you're looking for. So you want to go through it really quickly, Gloria? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I 
will start with mandelic acid mm. products. Uh, the brand to know here is Dr. Wu. Dr. Wu is a Taiwanese brand, but I, you can uh, they do ship worldwide, but they love their mandelic acid. Mm. They have a full spectrum of percentages, so you can find it for as low as 5%. Next mm. is <laughs> sorry. Yeah, you're like, eh, I will know what five percent is supposed to do, but if you want to, <laughs> next I will neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> next we have, is it Vivant? Vivant. Oh, Vivant. I like Vivant. Vivant. <laughs> it's a V I V A N T skincare. They also have a full range of um, mandelic acid. Um, their base serum has 8% mandelic acid, so that will be your next tier up. Mm-hmm. Um, Shratia, by the way, Ali's really great. She's really sweet. Um, if you are in SoCal, go visit her. The, her soft touch AHA is 10% mandelic acid. And then next up, where most cosmetic products will cap it, is 18% mandelic acid. Um, our, our, our specialist is 18% uh, mandelic combined with 2% cell acid, along mm-hmm. with 5% niacinamide. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Wu also has an 18% mandelic acid. So that's pretty much some mandelic, given that it is the bigger molecule. Now, as a chemist, I know it is annoying to dissolve and stabilize. Um, it it's is funky. It is a funky molecule. Uh, you won't have as ma- as many product offerings, so those are the big ones we see. Yeah. All right. And for lactic, um, probably the most famous one you've heard is the Sunday Riley Good Jeans. Price is right. <laughs> Me. <laughs> Very expensive for probably a lot less than 10% lactic acid, but that will be the bottom of the, the group. The Sorry. efficacy chain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the 10% range, you'll find the Ordinary, also Pharmacy Honeymoon Glow is there, which also has BHA, nice. And then ours, Commas Confessions Baby Steps, um, with, and that's paired with... 30% gluconolactone as well. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, something you know is the Honeymoon Glow, the 10% is a blend with other stuff, including mm. glycolic acid. Mm. Um, but the exact composition of the blend, we don't know. So, mm. it's, yeah. Yes. Good note. Okay. <laughs> All right. Glycolic. Now, Ooh. glycolic being the gold standard, um, there's actually many products. We're only going to name just general few um for the more gentle approach at five percent uh okay we recommend the five percent glycolic for people who yes attempt this ingredient but has really sensitive skin and wants a kind of like cheap test Mm -hmm. initial test um you can look for the pixie glow tonic or the fab pads um (laughs) (laughs) yeah not great (laughs) and uh in terms of daily range yeah, so uh, the flat pads, those <laughs> we are very mature. Yeah. Then for a more serious um, daily upkeep, mm. you have the seven to twelve percent range with mm. the ordinary, which has a seven percent um, toner. Mm. Skin Suitacles has a ten percent uh, cream. I think it's more like a gel cream. Mm. And um, of course, Drunk Elephant. F- is it Framboose? Yes. Okay, cool. Framboose <laughs> is uh, 12%, but that is a blend with a lot of other AHAs we don't care about, like Tantamic, Mainlink, Sandtrack. But <laughs> those will be really great for your daily upkeep. All right, and the heavy hitters, you've got the ordinary 25% AHA plus 2% BHA. Side note, this was too strong for me. Uh, and another one is the Drunk Elephant, the Baby Pink, Sukari Baby Facial um, with 25% AHA and 2% sal acid. Yes. Yes. Okay, and then finally ours, which is Chemist Confessions Gold Standard. And I feel like we have to explain ourselves considering we seem to ending up at the stronger end of the spectrum yeah so when we when we were looking at a uh AHAs or chemical exfoliants in general we see a lot of products out there and there's a lot of confusion about um percentage mm-hmm. when to when to move up in concentration mm-hmm. range when not to mm-hmm. and we also see that 
let's say the current gold standard in the market being the ordinary 25% and also drunk elephant 25% AHA. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I personally didn't really like that came, both of those came with BHA. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like that really amps up the aggression so that you might be too irritated to even really enjoy the benefit of glycolic acid. Mm-hmm. So then our thought process is we want to develop products that's more flexible. Yes. So that's why um, all three of our products can be used um, as a booster. So it comes with, and that's another another, another side note. We see <laughs> we do see a lot of boosters on the market that are not that are not true boosters. Mm-hmm. So what that means is they still use a very regular concentration, and then they tell you to dilute it into your cream or serum mm-hmm. and whatnot. But then that means you're just diluting the efficacy, and it's not a true booster. Right, and. Honestly, our philosophy with our products is everyone talks about the trend of customization. And if you think about the customization options out there, you actually don't get customization. Um, Where the customization should come in is with your routine. And hence why Gloria mentions the boosters. If we give you the strongest amount, um, you have the ability to incorporate it and yet preserve its efficacy as a daily product or as a weekly stronger wash-off mask. Um, So that's the general concept around our line and why it seems to fall on the stronger end of the spectrum. Right. Um, Side note from- Another side side note. Side, 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 (laughs) side note. we, you'll notice that AHA comes in all sorts of different forms. Mm. We have serums, um, like the ordinary lactic acid. We have toners like Pixie, Max, peel pads, mm. all sorts of crap. Mm. So, Victoria, what's oh, your oh. preferred format? <laughs> <laughs> um, right off the bat, I hate toners. I'm mm. sorry, they just get everywhere, and I have to bring a cotton pad with me. And that means I also don't do well with pads. <laughs> um, so for me, I, I do like it as a weekly wash-off mask, simply because I'm a little lazy. I also like to do the bare min. Mm. And I've found that to be... Um, pretty efficacious for me and also layers into my routine nicely when I'm using things like retinoids. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get a day break and I get a little bit of exfoliation. So what about you, Aria? For me, I actually like working into my daily routine. Mm. So usually either as a serum or if we use if I'm using our own then as a booster. Mm. Um I had a love affair with peel pads for a little bit. Uh-huh. Yeah, but but kinda like Victoria says, it's one of those things, it's like an extra thing in in your shelfie, in your shelf. Like the you're tub. just gonna Yeah, you're just gonna forget about and yeah. it's gonna dry out. Or like in the individually wrapped ones. I don't know. I just like I like the concept, I like the idea, but I just don't use them. <laughs> I've also found a lot of them to have alcohol. Yes, high alcohol. Yeah, very, very alcoholic. When, from at least for me, when I was on a lot of acne treatments, um, it just kind of didn't help because it did burn and kind of mm-hmm. accentuate how much it stings. So mm-hmm. that wasn't my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, what's our decode the IL tip <laughs> today, Victoria. Well, since we are on the topic of boasting high levels of acids, this may remind you of our episode last, or I guess two weeks ago. It is possible that you will see um, them boast a high level of acid on a product, and then you turn around and look at the IL, and you'll see that they're all fruit extracts. Yeah, so this is kind of our pet peeve. Um, <laughs> when you, we don't have it. Well, I don't even want to say we don't have an issue with fruit extracts because the truth is a lot of extracts have really low low mm. levels of that active mm. to begin with. Mm. So let's say uh, sugarcane extracts. Don't quote me on this. I'm not looking at an actual data sheet. Let's say it only has uh, a sugarcane extract has. 5% glycolic acid. Yeah. Then you have 10% of the sugarcane extract in the formula. So what that means, you actually only get 0.5% glycolic acid in your final product. It just like, it just feels a little shysty. Yeah, it's it's not helpful, especially, okay, if they're boasting high levels of acids, they're boasting efficacy. So fruit extracts just aren't going to give you the level of efficacy that you have for in terms of expectations. Fucking at you, Prism! <laughs> okay, anyway, that was our Tikunda IO tip for the day. 
so yeah, the decode that IL tip is just look at the IL and make sure that it's actually the acids that we mentioned in the previous twenty yeah. minutes of this episode. Yes. And, and 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 those are their actual ingredient names. So you sh- you should and uh, you should look for actual words like glycolic acid, mandelic acid on right. the IL. If it's not there, red flag. Right. All right, now we're going to move on to our personal confessions on confessions. this matter. <laughs> oh, okay, right. I'll go first. Okay, Gloria, what is your confession today? So in my previous life as a corporate chemist, I, uh, I, I had a project where I had to work on professional strength um, chemical peels. Um, at the time, I had a really not great habit of checking on my projects without gloves. Um, so what that means is we'll make a batch and sometimes you have to age it to check on if it's stable, does it change color, does it smell funky after a while. And let's be real, most of our projects are, are skincare. So like creams, lotions and whatnot. Stuff that honestly you don't, I don't, you don't feel like you need gloves for. Mm. So with the pure project, sometimes I also run into the lab just to check on it. And I will sometimes, because it's sloshy, spill it over my hands. Let me tell you, uh, I re- it really comes from the bottom of my heart when I say, please, 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 please don't mess around with um, pro-strength peels at home. Without gloves. Without gloves or just put or on in your general. face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in general. Because I, I, it didn't really stun or anything. I got on my mm-hmm. hands. I was like, oh, whatever. Finish my work. Wash my hands. That's that, right? I had like blooming onion style shredded hands for a week. It didn't really hurt, but it was really terrifying that I only had my hand for like a minute and just my whole hand skin just flaked off. And actually, just to give you an idea of the level of shedding that Gloria must have encountered, um, if you use um, some of these even like 30% AHA products that you can buy like and that are fine and we mm. recommend if you don't wash your hand you will see a level of yes. that on the fingers <laughs> yes. that you're using to dab it so just so you have an idea of what Gloria's hands might have looked like yeah I, after <laughs> delicious that, I always wore gloves <laughs> <laughs> all right um for my confession um not so much in terms of work um but personal confession is that I still haven't found my level of glycolic mm-hmm. um I and the weird thing is and I guess this is a double confession I have done a TCA peel before um and yet for some reason I still can't find the sweet spot um it doesn't do a lot and then I'll try the 30 percent. I mentioned that I like it as a weekly wash off and my skin will frost and so this is like Again, just kind of a continuing struggle. I think I need something in the 15% range. Or maybe glycolic might not be my thing as of right now. Um, And another weird thing is that I used to use glycolic when I had a lot heavier breakouts Hmm. in my college years. Oh. So that's why I really want to emphasize that even though it may seem like this is a dialed-in science, um, it's still very personal. And if you don't have any success write to us or you may just need to try a different aha right all right uh is it time it's time it's time to break 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 it all right today is glorious day uh so finally this is a segment that you really tune in this podcast for it's fun animal facts this is selfishly our part of yes. that we love. <laughs> so today we are talking about the harpy eagle. Oh baby. Yeah. So harpy eagles are honestly, I just I want to talk about them because they're just very funny looking. <laughs> they they are, sound like like big birds though. I just they are they their their thighs are girthy. Like, they look like they will f you up. <laughs> but they they also constantly have this disgruntled look on their face mm-hmm. and i just think the name is so funny i just like picture this this bird that's like yo gloria have you claimed your room yet like what <laughs> why have you written this podcast episode yet you know <laughs> that's what's been haunting gloria's nightmares day after day no. <laughs> <laughs> uh all so right what are some actual fun facts <laughs> other than its looks it, it really is very goofy looking you should look it up yeah i did do a quick 
Google image search, they look like they have permanent bedhead because they have feathers that seem to stick out. Straight up. (laughs) Yeah, at just all the wrong angles and definitely have a pissed off look all the time. Um, I actually found out that apparently the females are double the size of the males. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And their claws look huge. Yeah, they're... Like I said, their legs are girthy, and their claws supposedly are stronger than a Rottweiler. Oh, Gloria's Stop. really into birds with giant claws. This yeah. is a theme. Yes. <laughs> yes. I went to a owl cafe in Japan once, and they're they're not big, obviously. But oh. there's one that was like playing with my hoodie. Uh-huh. It was like clawing at my um at just like the little string that sticks uh-huh. out, and it got a little close. And the way it pulled on the hoodie. It's pretty strong, and it's a small owl. So anyway, fascinating stuff. Um, on the Wikipedia, I read for being like this badass big bird. Um, there was a line I thought was funny. It said, "There, the adults give a penetrating, weak, melancholy scream with the incubating males called described as wispy screaming or wailing." I so. just picture like. Like Ross imitating a dinosaur. Like, <laughs> 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 yes. So badass until it opens its mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it's a terrible rendition of a harpy eagle. Um, also, fun fact: Did you know that eighty percent of its diet is sloth? Oh my god! Oh my god! Holy crap! Which is hilarious to me because I'm thinking, that is some wasted talent, right? Yes, but also genius because that's some low-hanging fruits, man. Right. <laughs> right. Um, they're a sit-and-wait predator, which I guess makes sense. Wait, so, like, oh, I guess you have a point. So they have all or the strong claws and all these, like, well, really jacked build, and they just wait for a sloth to crawl over. To move. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least that's a picture I have in my mind. Um, as far as conservation, um, there are it does have natural habitats in Brazil, and unfortunately, it is um, getting destroyed. So, so uh, ends on a sad note. Yes, but harpy eagles, everyone. What will we think of next? <laughs> what will we think of next? No final fact. Write to us. <laughs> All right, so we are nearing the end of our episode. Um, we first want to answer a couple questions that we got. Yes. Um, one is from actually a good friend of ours, Renata. Uh, all right, so the question is, I know that my glycolic acid is 5%, but I have no idea what the pH level is. It doesn't irritate me at all and has drastically improved the appearance of my face since switching from a 10% lactic acid. How important is it that I know the pH and what does that mean for the other products I'm using at the time? If I sound slightly befuddled and confused, it's because I am. And not to worry, this is everyone's problem. Everyone feels confused. Yeah, so um, first, first things first is we do always say listen to your skin. Mm. So it sounds like Renata has a lot of luck with the 5% acid. Mm-hmm. Um, then honestly, it's not super important to know exactly what pH level mm-hmm. it is. 5% glycolic is relatively mild. So for it to work better than your 10% lactic, we will guess that it is a fairly low pH. Mm. Probably, I would guess between 3 to 3.5. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, as long as your skin can tolerate it, mm-hmm. then great. And um, it is consistent with data. So like um, glycolic, 5% glycolic is should be, if your skin can tolerate it, on par or like even more effective than 8 to 10% lactic. Mm-hmm. So um, you don't necessarily need to know. And then as far as the pH and what does that mean for layering, I know there's a lot of people that dive into it and then they think about, oh, this is pH 3, so if I use a pH 6 afterwards, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so honestly, we wouldn't stress too much. Yeah. Um, because ultimately, your skin's pH is wrong. 5.5 when you put it on uh, and eventually as your skin absorbs it your skin eventually will neutralize back to 5.5 eventually right but if you're thinking that you should wait long enough for it to revert back to old ph before you layer it on a different ph 
it's just not worth the effort because your skin takes upwards to like two hours to recalibrate. Yeah. So and honestly, at the end of the day, it's kind of negligible. Um, right. You and if you're worried about how it interacts with other products, um, just know that. I mean, for the most part, off the top of my head, it should be fine. There is one caveat where we say we don't recommend um, combining this with retinol or right. retinoids. But the reason for that more so, even more so in the fact that retinol is unstable, <laughs> is that, um, you know, we want to manage irritation as much as possible. Hence, we like to recommend just kind of keeping them separate so that your experience and your skincare routine can stay consistent and you're not instead just managing irritation yeah so that's that next question uh we have a adriel adriel sorry if i mispronounced that um she asked you have not explained the combination of niacinamide ages yet i'm really interested to know what about these two being ina single product Inna. Inna. Oh, sorry. Inna. <laughs> Inna. It's capitalized. Yeah. So Adriel asks, um, you haven't explained the combination of niacinamide and AJs. I'm really interested to know about these two being a single product and its effect on the skin. Yeah, it's a great question considering that there's a lot of, I guess, articles written about niacinamide and it, whether or not it likes being in a low pH. Just know that niacinamide will have to be in a low pH under very, very long, tough conditions for it to actually start um, producing niacin, which is responsible for the flushing and irritation that you hear. Mm -hmm. um, and as far as in AHAs, we're actually not too worried and think that niacinamide is a great ingredient to actually combine um, or layer on with your AHAs. So we're not too worried. Yes. All right. So I think we've reached the end of our podcast episode. Yes. So yeah, that's it for us. <laughs> We're running out of booze and therefore running out of energy. I've been out of booze since Mandelic Acid. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, what is our episode in two weeks, Gloria? Ooh, oh God. Our next episode, I will definitely need to get a drink ready for because we decided that we want to tackle no-no list. Oh, baby. Yeah, we have a lot of feels about, you know, Think Dirty App, No No List, Clean Beauty. We get a lot of questions, too, right. around just ingredients that are flagged. And so we're going to try to go through not only a list, but some of the ingredients. Again, it might be an, it might turn into an episode of Why Don't You Love Me? Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that'll be fun for next week. Yep, um, send us any questions or fun animal facts. Yeah, and uh, thanks for listening. We will see you next time. Bye.